thanksgiving. And I did a series every year titled this, and um, the idea behind it is, for those of us who are in this room right now, who may be on the top of the mountain and have everything to be thankful for, always something else to find to be thankful for. For those of us who are going through struggles in life, doing okay, but there's struggles, which I would assume would be 99.9% of us. There's always something to find to be thankful for. And then maybe you're here today and you can't find anything. Well, let me just tell you this. Word of God gives us many things to be thankful about. And so the idea behind this today, as we go into Thanksgiving, is to look at some scripture and look at how we can be thankful. So here we go, Colossians. You have your Bible? Turn there. Come on. Come on. Come on. You know what? 10 o'clock service. You're the best because you all bring your Bibles. I tell every service that. <laughs> Seriously, no. What do you bring your Bible to any other service? It's awesome. Colossians 2, verses 8 through 15. Colossians 2. You don't have a Bible. There's one in the seat I put her in front of you. You're welcome to have. Take it with you. Write in it. Do whatever you need to do. It's yours. We only ask that at some point you actually read it. Are you ready? Are you excited? Yeah. Yeah. Would you really? Okay, you're young. <laughs> 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 awesome. Look, sometimes I'll be preaching, I'm looking at my wife, and she's like, oh. <laughs> And sometimes I go, because I bore myself. But today, hopefully, we're going to speak to us what we're at in our life. Colossians 2, 8 through 15. Verse 8. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the basic principles of this world, rather than on Christ. For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form, and you have been given fullness in Christ, who is the head over every power and authority. In him you are also circumcised in the putting off the simple Not with a circumcised done by the hands of men, but with circumcision done by Christ. Having been buried with him in baptism and raised with him through your faith in the power of God, who raised him from the dead. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your sinful nature, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled a written code with its regulations that was against us and that stood opposed to us. He took away, nailing it to the cross, and having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Can we pray together, Father? Thank you for the word. Thank you for how it's a change agent. It changes our lives. Lord, would you just remove me today? And would you just step in and say that each heart needs to be set in a personal way because you're a personal God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Number one, I'm thankful I'm free. Colossians 2 8. See to it that no one takes you captive. Notice that word captive. Through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the basic principles of this world, rather than on Christ. I'm so thankful today that I can live in freedom. I, I can live in freedom only because of this word. I can live in freedom only because of what Jesus Christ has done for me. I can live in freedom. Now, do I always live in freedom? No. I'll just be honest with you. 
And we're, we're all going to be honest with one another, which we purpose this church to be, right? Real people in real life. There are things in our life that we have problems with at certain times. And we find ourselves in bondage to those. But what Paul is saying to the church in Colossae, he's saying, listen, you don't have to live by the principles of this world. In other words, to your sinful nature, you can live in principle to this word. And when you finally get that in your life, you can finally come to a place that, you know what? I am living in freedom. I mean, there's books you can read, there's classes you can go to, not saying those are wrong. But there is a way, and I speak from personal experience, there is a way to get so tied up with God and so into His Word that it breathes freedom into our life. Look at this next scripture. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm, then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. In other words, it's Jesus did what he did so we could be free, and I'm so thankful for that. When we head into this, these holy days, as Raina likes to call them, so many other things people celebrate, but not holidays, but holy days. As we head into this, it's so amazing to know that we can navigate life being free from things that we know don't line up with the Bible. If you're new to us today, we believe the Bible. We're, we don't have a denomination. We don't count. We, don't, we just believe the Bible. Okay. Is that a couple of us? Or do we? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I preached before it one time. I can preach before again. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm there. In other words, look, Christ did what he could do to set us free. Let's look at this, this last scripture right here on this point. How do we stay free? How do we live in freedom? We live in freedom by reading his word. Taking every thought. Remember that word captive? Taking every thought captive. Bringing it unto Jesus in the obedience of his authority. That's how we live in freedom. If you're here today and you can't find thankfulness in being free, I'll just implore you, ask you, encourage you, and beg you to open your Bible, get the dust off of it, and read it and be in that place where you're like, you know what? This makes sense. Because the Bible makes a lot of sense. The Bible doesn't make sense to religious people. It doesn't. If you think you're really good, you got it all going on, you're all that, and if you're still awake right now, the Bible makes no sense to you. But if you live in a real world with real life, and you read this Bible, all of a sudden you're going to realize you have a real God that understands where you're at, and He's going to help you in a real way. Yeah, try it. It's awesome. Your word is a lamp to my feet. That's how I can be free, is through your word. It's a light into my path. When I'm walking through things in my life that I don't really understand, I can see right there just a step forward. I won't go into the illustration because we talked about this before, but, but the idea is read your Bible. There is absolutely no excuse these days not to read your Bible. You can get it on your phone, you can get it on your iPad, you can get it on, you can basically, you can get it anywhere you want to get it. You can get it in your car, you can get it. I don't know if it's actually, like actually sanctimonial. Listen to the Bible in your car. Look, you won't go to hell for writing in your Bible, and you won't go to hell for 
for listening to the Bible in your car. His word will not go out and come back void. Give the word of God in your life. And the word of God produces the will of God, which produces freedom in your life. I'm so thankful for freedom. Number two. I'm thankful for who I am in Christ. Colossians 2, 9 and 10. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And you have been given the fullness in Christ, who is the head over every power and authority. Thank you. Think about that for a second. Think about the idea. In Christ, as Christ Jesus walked this earth, the deity, the wholeness of God, was in Christ. All God, all man. And so here, here comes God living in bodily form. And so Jesus is walking the earth, all man, all God. And then, here's the kicker, and you have been given fullness in Christ, who is the head over every power and authority. So if you're here today, and you know Jesus Christ is your personal Savior, let's just start there. You accept the Christ, put your faith in Jesus, that you, you actually in your heart believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, He was born of a virgin, He lived a sinless life, He died for us on the cross, and He rose again out of that grave, and He's coming back for us one day. And you're here, and you believe that. Some of you may be here, and you haven't made that decision yet, and we'll get to that. But if you're here and you believe that, yet you feel empty. You feel out of gas. You feel empty in the sense that Man, I know I believe that, but I don't know if I believe that. I know I believe that, but life's sure not pointing that way. Can I just tell you what Paul's trying to tell the church of Colossus right now? He's trying to say, you have been given fullness in Christ. Who is the head over every part of every power and authority. So, we have Christ as our Savior. We don't have to go on how we feel. But isn't that what we do? Um, any young parents in here right now? Any young parents? Any young parents have been without sleep for a while? <laughs> I, I work with several young parents, and I think it's hilarious. Because I've been there doing that, right? When you, when you go without sleep, you wake up and you don't feel that good, right? But your boss don't care that you went without sleep. True? And your family members definitely don't care if you're not sleeping. So we can't, we can't go on with feelings of feeling empty. We have to go back to the Word of God, put our back against the Word of God, let it stabilize us, let, let the Word of God stabilize us, and go back to the point where we know that in Christ, the fullness in Christ, who is over every power and authority. Jesus overcame so we can overcome. Think about that. And how many days of our life do we live? Tired? Broke? Busted? Disgusted? Can't be trusted? A joke between me and my life. How many, how many days do we live like that and come to a point where we're really discouraged? And we forget. We forget that we're living. We should be living in the fullness of Christ. Because all of God, His deity, was in Christ. Christ then walked the earth, showed us how to live. 
And then now, the Bible says we're made joint heirs with Christ. We are joint heirs with Christ. This is what the Bible says in Hebrews. We're joint heirs. And, and, and heirs get the same thing. Yeah. And that's the love of God. Mm-hmm. It's the fullness of God's love spoken to us through how Jesus lived his life. Number three. I'm thankful for my anchor. Let's read this. Colossians 2, 11, 12. In him you were also circumcised and in putting off of the sinful nature. Not with a circumcision done by the hands of men, but with the circumcision done by Christ. Having been buried with him in baptism, <coughs> raised him through your faith in the power of God who raised him from the dead. Go back to the point, please, Kim. You think, Jason, what in the world does this have to do with being anchored? Well, we'll show you. At the end of the day, we're anchored to something. Would you agree with that? Yes. Sir. Like, it's a wonderfully manly uh, anchor. <laughs> <laughs> so we're anchored to something. And, and let me make this point. When all hell breaks loose in your life and things go the way you shouldn't think they should go, you're going to run to what you're anchored to. I'll make this point. When things are going awesome and they are amazing and you're loving, you're going to run to what you're anchored to. It's just the truth. <laughs> Look what Psalm says right here. Psalms 18, 1 3. I love you, Lord, O oh, oh Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call to the Lord who is worthy of praise, and I am saved from my enemies. What are you anchored to? Because what you're anchored to is going to pull you. I'm so thankful that God's my anchor, and I know a lot of people say that today, but I don't say it misappropriately. I say it because many days I have to remind myself of that. Many days I have to say, oh, my joy is gone because my anchor was there and that didn't work out. So if I anchor myself, which I'm going to do right now, <laughs> how many of us anchor ourselves to finances? Think about it. Because whatever you anchor yourself, you're going to run to, and whatever you run to is going to determine your joy. And wherever you run there, if it's there, it's great. If it's not, <laughs> Not a good deal. <coughs> <laughs> <laughs> just being real here today. Think about that. I'm going to anchor myself to money. I'm going to anchor myself to money. And when money goes away, oh boy, life's not good. Life's not good because I've anchored myself to something that is eternally insignificant. Because you can't take it with you. It all goes back in the box. Remember the monopoly? It all goes back in the box. <laughs> you know, it all goes back in the box. Okay, so, what, I'm, I'm anchoring myself to relate a relationship in my life. Some of you young people in this room right now are just dying to get married. Unfortunately, some of you are dying to be on We're working on that. Divorce is not an option. You know, relationship gives me meaning. Relationship, my friends, 
My, oh, okay, okay, okay. And then all of a sudden, somebody lets me down. And whatever I hate for myself too, when it lets me down, I'm floating around. I'm, I'm just floating. And you, you guys have had floating days, haven't you? Yeah. Uh, Some of us have floating months and floating years. <laughs> like, oh, man, I can't believe that. I feel sorry for myself. Oh, 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 oh. Maybe a job. Maybe you've anchored yourself to a job. <laughs> Joe? Go with that. <laughs> I anchored myself to a job. Mm. And I work here. Come on, buddy. Before you go to I've anchored myself to a job, and I work, and I work, and I work, and I work, and I work all the day. Uh, you know, and, and then all of a sudden one day, the boss walks in and says, Hey, I'm sorry. And you think, wow, I just spent all this time of my life doing this, and now, what am I doing? I'm wandering around. So thankful today to be able to say, I wish I could say every day I remember this, but in the hard times I do remember this. God is my anchor. And when you hook up with the Lord, and you say, you know what? All these other things, yeah, I gotta work hard, yeah, I gotta go here, I gotta do this, I gotta do this. Yes, 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 yes. But at the end of the day, my anchor is in the Lord. And because of that, I can lay my head on the pillow at night and be okay. Because my joy is where my anchor is found. And my anchor is in the Lord. And the joy of the Lord is my strength. Yes, sir. Next thing. I'm thankful for forgiveness. Colossians 2, 13-14. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your sinful nature, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins. Having canceled the written code with its regulations that was against us and that stood opposed to us, He took away nailing it to the cross. Back to the point, Kim, please. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your spiritual nature, your sinful nature, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins. How many of you are thankful for forgiveness? Amen. We talk a lot about this, and this is not like a church where you can just come and say, oh, we're all under grace. This is a church where you can come and say, I'm very real, and I'm so thankful for forgiveness. So thankful. When you were dead in your sin, in the uncircumcision of your sinful nature, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all of our sins. <coughs> Check this out. I know this is probably an unknown fact to this crowd, but duck season opened yesterday. <laughs> so, so Friday, my son and I, we went out to this, this place, and um, some of the things that we had been promised about the wine that we hunted in were not true. And so we spent a good five, six hours cutting just so the boat could make it through there. It was cutting, cutting. I wish I had air. Goodness. Anyway, so, so we finally made it. And so we're way late. All the other guys are having lunch and we're still sweating. 
And so we get ready to go, and I'm thinking, hey, man, I need to call mom. So I start looking for my phone. Can't find it. Can't find it anywhere. How many of you lost a phone lately? Anybody? You're my people. <laughs> We're related. So I'm like, I go, here's the deal. We park there, 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 and there. I had a really bad habit of putting the phone on my lap and opening the door and jumping out. So the phone just flashes out, right? And the audio box was created for me. Just a, a fact. And so, so anyway, so we can't, we look and we look and we're tired and we're sweating and we're both like, oh my goodness. And I was like, forget it, done. So we go and we, we stay out there and, and sleep and, and then we get up the next morning and I said, hey, look, I'm going to get you up a little bit early because I really think maybe we can find that phone. Only because he said, Dad, I've done this many times. <laughs> All you got to do is wait until it gets dark. And then go back and you think your phone is and call it. I mean, he's a genius. <laughs> so, so, we stop, go, stop, go, stop, go. And then finally, at the point, the last place we were going to look, that jumper gets out of the car, and he starts walking down this levee, and he, he takes his phone and put it, call it, call it, call it. Bam! Picks it up, and all of his glory. And we had this massive hug, and it was like, yeah! It, it was more of a victory, though, than anything else, right? And man, I'll tell you what, I got it. So convicted. And let me, let me tell you why. How many times has my son lost his phone? And I've been like, how do you lose a phone? <laughs> Come on. You know what I'm talking about? How do you do that? How's that happen? Make good money for that phone. He pays for his own phone now, back in the day. Like, how do you, how do, you do that? Where, where's the phone? I had a phone for a whole four months before I lost it. <laughs> and my dad, my dad used to say, well, I had a baby and I was in the Air Force for four years before I ever lost a wallet. And me and my brother looking at him going, what does that mean? <laughs> I understand that. Wait, what do you say? Here's the deal. I was, I was super convicted in that moment that I would have treated my son one way, yet I expect God to treat me in another way. Wow. When you were dead in your sins and in uncircumcision of your sinful nature, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all of our sins. And I'm so thankful so thankful to come forward. <laughs> so here, here's the idea. You can't find anything else to be thankful for this week. You can find this. You're forgiven. And you're forgiven because God loves you so much. He sent his only son. Now, what you do with that forgiveness is up to you. Receive it. Walk in it. You live it. That's up to you. And that's the most amazing thing about the gospel. It's the most amazing thing about the Bible. Is it's up to us what we do with it.
It's up to us what we do with it in our marriage. It's up to us what we do with it in parenting. It's up to us what we do with it in our everyday life. But I myself, because I know me, am so thankful for forgiveness. Last thing. I'm thankful for victory. Colossians 2.15 And having disowned the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Jesus did what we couldn't do. And if you're going to buy in at this point, and you're going to really believe that the Bible is true, and what it says is actually true, and not just half of it, not just part of it, but if you're going to buy in and say, you know what, I believe this entire book. If you're going to believe that, then you have to come to a point where you say, you know what, Jesus did what I couldn't do so that I could be where Jesus is. Disarming the powers and authorities. He made a public spectacle of them triumphing over them by the cross. Disarming the powers of this world. The Bible teaches us that the prince of the air of the earth, that the devil, who has somewhat of influence right now connected to our sinful nature, is still at work. But what Jesus did is he disarmed the enemy. He disarmed him so, and he triumphed over him, giving the keys to death and hell and sin and the grave and coming out of the grave. He triumphed over that. So watch this. Listen to this. The only way that our sinful nature and our the enemy can have victory in our life is if we lend it. You have victory in your hands. It's in your hand. And you get to decide whether you hang on to that victory through the word of God and what Jesus did, or you roll the dice out there into the world, and at that point, then it's game on. Game on. But as a child of God sitting in this place right now, the Bible is teaching us that when Jesus died on the cross, when, when it was all said and done, when he said, it is finished, at that very moment in, in time, we were granted victory, grace. Remember we talked about mercy and grace? We were granted grace. Our only part is that we don't let go of that grace. We hang on to that, what Jesus did for us, and we don't... Now some... If you guys knew me 20 years ago, you would say, what in the world are you doing preaching? <laughs> My wife asks me that all the time. And she still does. That's good. In the world, rolling the dice. Not a, not a real fun place. Because at some point, things are really empty. Really empty. Jesus is saying right here, Paul is saying, let's do what Jesus did. I did it. I won for you. It's done. Don't worry about it. Just walk in it. I am so thankful today for victory. I'm so stinking thankful that when I lay my head down tonight and my eyes shut, 
If the sun doesn't come up on me tomorrow, I'm so good with it. I'm so good with it because of what Jesus did for me. He triumphed over sin, death, and the grave. So, so here's the question today. The question is this. Are you living in victory? Now, I'm, I'm not going overboard with this because there's a lot of us in this room right now that struggle with things. I get that. I get it. Can I just encourage you to go one more day? Keep going. It's going to work out. Don't quit, can't lose. Now don't need to spoil the ending, but everything's going to be okay. <laughs> do it. Do it. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. That's for those of us who have accepted Christ. But, but the other thing is this. What if you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? You may think you're living in victory right now, but ultimately, eternally, the only way to be reconciled back to God is through a relationship with Jesus Christ. Have you put your faith in Jesus? See, here's the thing. Salvation is a faith issue. You're all sitting in the chair right now, right? Most of you. Right? <laughs> Okay, you okay, you, know, you are all saying you People just look at you like
see this? Right where you're sitting. Nobody's looking around, please. But right where you're sitting, all over this place. Can you just slip your hand up for a moment for me to sit? I see your hand. I see your hand. Anybody else? I see your hand. That's awesome. I need to change my life. I need to go forward. I'm not very thankful right now, but I'm thankful that God's doing with my heart right now. Anyone else? No one's looking around and no one's moving if you don't have to. I need Jesus in my life. Anybody else? Raise your hand right there where you're sitting. So awesome. Right there where you're sitting. Jesus. Pray this prayer with me by the virtue of you actually acknowledging the fact that you need Jesus. God's already living in your hearts. To confirm that faith, would you just pray with me just for a second? Father, I love you. God, thank you for chasing me. Thank you that I'm here today. And I pray with all my heart right now that you would invade my life. In the name of God. I believe in Jesus Christ was born of the Virgin. I believe with all of my heart he lived a sinless life. I believe with all of my heart he was crucified, took my death and sin to the cross, they placed him in the grave. He rose from that grave on the third day, and he's in heaven today coming from me. I believe he's coming back to me. So right now, God, I pray that you would. Forgive me for what Jesus did. And in every way, God, I will change into what you would call me to be. And as I go out to that tent today on the East Lawn and get that Bible and devotion and meet somebody and hug their neck, I pray that you would uh, help me connect in a way that's going to help me in this new world. In Jesus' name, amen.